Okay. I don't know if you can tell by my voice, but I am sick as a dog. So sick. But welcome to After the Gig. Did you guys miss me? Did you guys miss me? Sorry I had to take a week off. It was just, uh, I had too much stuff going on. There was just way too much stuff happening. Um, we had a really, really nice vacation, which was awesome. <coughs> Excuse me. That's going to happen a lot. Had a nice vacation to San Francisco. So that was really, really nice. Went and saw the Golden Gate Bridge and did all of the fun touristy stuff. Um, stayed with my buddy Nick uh, at his house. Nick is like one of those dudes. I hope I hope you all have a friend um, that you've known since you were five and Nick is that dude. Um, so we got to stay with him and that was super fun. Played some video games at night. That was great. Um, all that fun stuff. But other than that, it was also my birthday on the 10th. So happy birthday to me. And I don't know what it is. I feel like every single year, every single year, I am sick on or around my birthday. And I got to admit, I'm kind of sick of it, literally and figuratively. I hate being sick so much because I guess my sinuses and then when I'm playing gigs, it's really hard for me to sing. And then I have to like take DayQuil and NyQuil and then that kind of makes you feel all weird. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Let's just get this business out of the way really quick because we want to get to this episode because I'm really, really excited to have my buddy Brian Dolly on the episode today. Um, These next two weeks, including today, so today and next week, we'll be featuring Brian Dolly and then today and then next week we're going to have Rachel Beauregard. And Brian and Rachel... They were a part of, they are, and were, I'll kind of get into that in a second, but a part of this duo called Native Run. And I met these guys when I was playing with um, with Stephen Kellogg, and they're so talented, kind of like country, Americana music, and they have such great harmonies and great songs. I'm going to feature um, a song of theirs at the end of each of their episodes. So it's kind of cool to see, it's kind of cool to hear the perspective that they had on kind of like the end or the, um, you know, the pause button of their group native run and kind of what they're doing now and what they've been through, through that process. It's really, really great. And, um, very, very excited to to have you hear these these episodes and these conversations. <clears throat> so Brian, um, speaking of this week, Brian is playing for singer songwriter Rustin Kelly. Rustin is an unbelievable songwriter. His album, uh, I believe it's called Dying Star, is out right now, and it's just like. It's out of control, man. It's so good. It is one of the best. It's one of the best albums that I've like, you know, when you hear something and you're like, I got to listen to that over and over again. That's kind of Rustin. And my wife is getting pretty sick of it. But I am uh, still pretty into this, this, um, 
into this album. The big single on there is Mockingbird. And you might know Rustin, um, his, his wife, who is Casey Musgraves, who won Best Album and is kind of blown up the country world. And uh, she's also absolutely incredible. So imagine, imagine having, like, being in a relationship and you're both incredible songwriters and you both have amazing voices. And it's just, I don't know. Music must be filling that house every single day. But Brian started playing with him about, you know, at the start of 2019, and he gets into a little bit of that. And um, yeah, if you have any questions, uh, make sure you email into the podcast at afterthegigpod at gmail.com. Uh, check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash afterthegig. And that's all the stuff. So let's just dive right into it. So please enjoy this conversation. And uh, I'm sorry if you're sick of my sick voice, but it's going to stop right now. Okay. Love you all. See you soon. Pretty wings, you're the prettiest thing you like. Parker Posey in a magazine with faded jeans and a crop top back in 93. I want to be your dressed in black, your dark star with a backwards hat. I'm going to... Write a book and put your name on every page Every page Hey, pretty little mockingbird Keep singing them sad, sad songs Sorry, rain on my window I'm dying when the morning comes Flew away in the night with a raven Now I'm underneath the willows I'm too strung out to be upside down Pretty little mockingbird sing a song How, how old are you? are you? You're the same age as me, right? 32. I'm 32. I'm 32 as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. So your yeah. wife's 38. She's 38. Carrie's 39. And I'll be 32 actually next next week. Two weeks. Oh, so you're like three quarters. Three, Thirty-one and three quarters. Yeah, I'm like a little over three quarters. You know, I'm like I'm like seven eighths. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thirteen sixteenths. Yeah, I'm fifty fifty seconds. <laughs> oh, um, man. Yeah, man. But tell me about uh, tell me about this tour. You've been out for you've been out for a while. Yeah, yeah. Where did you guys start? We um, we started in. Sort of mid early September, um, and I guess to rewind a little bit, the I I first started on this gig. I play for a guy named Rustin Kelly, um, and I first started on this gig like kind of right at the top of the year. Uh, he and I had been friends for years, and you and Rustin knew each other from before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I was listening. Um, I listened to a bit of, of his music beforehand because I really like him. I, I love Casey. Yeah. She's great. Um, you know, you know Scott Q, right? Uh, yeah. The place yeah, yeah. Casey. So, like, finding out about him through her and then finding out that you started playing with him at the top of the year, I was like, this is, like, the perfect gig for Brian. I'm yeah. Sure. It, it, I mean, it just sounds like something that you'd be super into yeah man and and perfect in so many ways but first being 
I, you know, Rust and I have been friends for quite a while. Um, yeah. And when Native Run was happening, we ha- we actually the same at the same time we had the same booking agent. Oh, okay. Um, and so we were introduced through him, and then you know, kind of became friends quickly yeah. from there. And you know, over the past couple of years, uh, my bandmate Rachel and I in in Native Run, we kind of decided to. Just explore other things and, you know, um, just be creative in different ways. How long had you guys been together before that? Native Run? Yeah. Uh, For about 10 years. Yeah. So, like, a long, long run. When you and I met was towards the end of, um, not not the end, I guess, but, like, towards when you guys were winding down trying to figure out how to do some other things creatively. But you guys were, like... I mean that song that you guys wrote at towards the end, like the one of the last times that you guys played together when you're playing with Steven doing yeah. that whole kind of thing was that Just Friends song. Yeah. Which was like the only time I've ever cried on stage <laughs> when someone Same, played a song. I, think. I was like, What is happening to me? <laughs> I'm <laughs> bleeding water from the eyes. Yeah, this has never happened to me before. <laughs> no, it was like incredible. But was it just like you guys have been playing together too long or you had other opportunities popping up and you're like, all right, we need to like figure out some other stuff, whether it's Rachel singing backgrounds for Hosier or you playing with Rustin or whatever, um, you know, having families, what, yeah. you know, well really ultimately what I think it was, um, f- from my perspective, I think what a lot of people do when, the music business stops paying attention to them, unquote, uh, is they just keep fighting and keep knocking on doors and turning in every song that they write, hoping that it's going to change everything for them. And I think we both slowly came to the realization that if we continue to pursue being in this band together, ultimately what will happen is that we will drive each other insane and we'll lose the most important thing, which is our friendship. And Rachel's one of my best friends on this earth. And so to, to lose that, you know, sort of in, in hopes that our career will revive itself and we'll be back in the, the glorious throes of, you know, yeah. country music touring and on the radio and all that stuff. It just like... I, I just think we needed to sort of have a realistic look at what was going on. And, you know, to fast forward where we're both at now, like doing really, really cool things. And Yeah. I mean, um, you guys land, like, I feel like those two gigs happened pretty immediately. Yeah. Yeah, which, you know, in some, like, <laughs> I don't know, in, in a musically cosmic way, it, it sort of seems like, okay you guys made the right decision here to sort of save some face in the music industry. Do you feel like you were ignored by, or, or kind of like cast aside by the, by the people down there, by the music industry and your songs? And is that, is that, I don't know that that's, I don't know that that is how I would classify it. I, I think we did, we did the best that we could given the team that was around us Mm -hmm. we we signed at a label that was very interested in in us and giving us a shot yeah um but didn't ultimately have the tools and finances to to break a new artist and that takes an 
an incredible amount of money to do. Yeah. And, you know, so I'm, I'm thankful for the ride that we had and for the chances that we got and, and all the love that was shown to us in, in Nashville and, and relatively quickly for how it all happened for us. Um, timing is everything, man. Yeah. And at the time, you know, Native Rome was a male-female duo and we felt like Sugarland has kind of gone away for a while. This is a perfect time for us to sneak in. Uh, yeah. And and even still, you know, we, we had a song on the radio that was like kind of climbing up toward 100 at one point. And, yeah. you know, it just was like... Which song was that? Uh, it was called Good On You. Oh, yeah, cool. Um, yeah. That Rachel and I wrote with, with our buddy uh, Steve Mokler in Nashville. And... Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that we were dealt a bad hand. It, it just felt like our team was, our label was under-equipped. Mm -hmm. And because of that, our management team was like, we're used to like hearing yes and here's more money. And um, it was just one of those So like you're kind things. of dragging feet and yeah. stuff like that. Man. Yeah, yeah. And so rather than continuing to fight it out, as I was saying before, it just felt like the right time for Rachel and I to take a step back and get a bird's eye view of it and just yeah. go, I want to be in your life forever. And this is driving both of us nuts. <laughs> yeah. So like, why don't we cool it? And, um, and yeah, it was like in, incredibly difficult to yeah. do when you've like sunk that much time into something yeah. with somebody. Um, but you know, we both feel incredibly thankful. To Do you be, guys ever talk about like what, uh, like how you feel about it now after a bunch of time has passed? Yeah, actually. Um, and it's been really cool uh, not to like over emotion boy this thing, but I like, I mean, it's, it's a lot of emotions. 10 yeah. years is a long time. It's a lot yeah. of music. It's a lot of putting your feelings and your words out there. And so, yeah. I mean, I think it's pretty appropriate. Yeah, I think, you know, sort of the requisite amount of time has gone by for us to both come to realizations about how we acted through the whole thing. Yeah. And I've apologized to her for several things that I just, like, either wasn't trying hard enough or, like, you know, she would have an idea and I would just, like, sort of go along with it but never really help, ne you know? Not be 100%. Yeah, understand. so I, I've had those realizations along the way and just made sure to, like come to her and say, I didn't have your back here and I'm so sorry. That's and cool. yeah. And there have been, you know, several things that along the way she's, she's come to as well. And it's, it's really cool, man, that we are. That's really cool. I mean, who, who not many people have that story where they're like, all right, we're, we're this is like crazy. We're going to end up hating each other. And the friendship between the two of you guys was more important than doing that. When you guys are completely capable of, taking some time off doing your own thing at a high level. I mean, this is no joke. She's playing with, you know, singing with, I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And it, so it all happened kind of quickly after that. Like, what was the transition? Like, since um, you knew Rustin previously, was it like audition? He was on the road, kind of needed somebody like what was the deal there? Yeah. So a, a big piece for me personally, yeah. uh, is that the transition was incredibly clumsy for me. <laughs> uh, and I guess in my perspective, my entire identity had just gone away, mm. you know, with, with sort of the, 
the pressing of pause on Native Run. Okay. It's, it felt so intrinsic to me to be a part of this band. And a lot of my relationships in Nashville, whether business or, you know, personal, have been about me being in this thing called Native yeah. Run. And so, so there's a lot of conversations about explaining how things were going and like yeah. what was up, a lot of like, it's like a breakup. Yeah, and you know how it goes, like, yeah. when you tell that story for the eighth time, like, yeah. it's annoying and it still hurts. Yeah. So you're just like trying to get through it. Yeah. Which and is what you're doing right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but in a much better place than I, 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 I could so. have been back then. I hope so. Um, yeah, and so, like, personally, how I dealt with all of that was was drinking. Okay. I drank a lot. Yeah. And it came to a point where um, I just wanted to feel numb. Yeah. I just, I didn't want to... I mean, like it or not, I was disassociated from this thing that gave me so much identity. Yeah. But I didn't want to, like, reconcile with that feeling. Yeah. And so I, like, used alcohol as as a blinder for those feelings. It's like also you're, you're passing time. You're, like, yeah. trying, you're trying to figure it out. Like, I recently, it's funny you say that, I haven't drank in, like, 30-something days and I kind of got to the same place, yeah. Where not not the same as like having a breakup or whatever, but you're being you're on the road all the time. And for me, it was kind of being separated from being home because I yeah. love being home so much. And then when I was out on the road and doing the same thing every night, I just you know it adds up. It's like yeah, fucking eight beers a night or something for for four weeks yeah it's a lot and like and sometimes more too. sometimes sneak yeah. yeah and that and that's the pro- that's when i realized i was like oh man i'm starting to like go to a bar after one of my gigs which i never would have ever done yeah go by myself and go have like one or two yeah and then go home yeah i'm like that's not me yeah, man. Is that something you're still doing or you came out of it or after the year, like starting something new up? As I sit here today, I've been sober for a year. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Uh, October. Yeah. October 13th was a, was a year. And yeah, I just like, I got to this point where <clears throat> um, I was just getting really scared. Like yeah. the amount that I was drinking was like. If you, like, look up what an alcoholic is, like, on your phone, I was, like, tripling it wow. every day. And so I just got really scared. And I was like, I have a wife, a beautiful wife, and a beautiful child, and I'm going to die if I keep this up. Yeah. And so um, I ended up going to, like, a little, uh, like, outpatient, re- you know. Um, you rehab? Know, rehab. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um in Nashville and that was incredibly helpful and you know it, it just helped me to like get my bearings again and realize yeah. like you, was it like changing your mentality about it or did they actually give you like tools to be able to stop or or um, about addiction yeah um yeah it was sort of all a lot of it had to deal with like how we deal with shame which was okay. like you know, raise your hand if you have shame. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so a lot of it was just like figuring out how to reframe like all these thoughts about yourself that cause you to 
turn to this thing that is so helpful, you know? Yeah. Oh, and that's, that's interesting. yeah, yeah. And, and so I guess a month after I got out of that program and was like super like clear headed yeah. and, um, just had this new like lease on life and started loving music again. That was a yeah. thing. I just like hated it for two years. You yeah. know, I was just like, this thing makes me so sad. It's failed me. Yeah. I don't enjoy it's making me spiral. It may put yeah. me in this place or whatever. Yeah. This is like the one thing, if anything, that really makes you go. Yeah. Like, let's get our shit together. Yeah. And uh so anyway, about a month after I'd gotten out of this outpatient thing, uh, Rustin called me and he was like, Hey man, for whatever reason I've just been thinking about you recently and I'm looking to like change up my band a little bit and you know, I think you'd be perfect for it. It's like, you know, sort of a multi-instrumentalist yeah. thing. And I had already been listening to his record a ton. I was just like so proud of him as, yeah. as a bud, you know, I loved the record and my daughter strangely loved the record and there's really? like yeah songs with like fuck in it and i'm yeah. like when do we stop this never okay yeah yeah man it, it was just like such perfect timing and on top of that rustin has uh struggled with substance abuse and you know is like 10 months in right now oh wow and so like look i love the music i get to play a bunch of instruments he's sober yeah, you're going, like, you're going through that same thing together, yeah. which kind of brings you guys closer, which is awesome. Yeah. It's a great thing to have on the road. It's been super galvanizing and and really protective for us both, you know? Yeah. Like because like we just said, it's so easy to like whoops, there goes another land shark. There it goes. You know? Like yeah. <laughs> what happened to that one? Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean well, the guys, the other guys in, in my band in Carbon Leaf, it's like, you know, two, two of them, one of them hasn't drank since he was 22. And, uh, a couple of the guys were kind of stopping and, and stuff like that. So it was kind of perfect timing for me to jump, jump on the wagon and, yeah. and just like, all right, I'm just going to chill out and not do this, see how I feel. And I feel great. You know, it's yeah. pretty great not waking up with a hangover and being, like you said, like really clear headed. Like yeah. your thoughts are clear. You can remember things, you know, yeah. it's just, just little things that, that kind of make it that you, you forgot about Yeah, you got, you went down this road and you became a habit or whatever and, and just kept adding up and adding up. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, I like, I just created so many sort of impediments to stopping like, oh, okay. I, I don't think I'll be funny if I stop drinking or, like, I won't be able to be as creative unless I'm in this, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I get, like, garbage. I get, like, the fear of missing out. That's, I, I like yeah. to be the last one. I like to stay out and be, you know, life of the party and hang out and and all that. And you think if you stop drinking, you're just going to be the boring guy in the corner drinking your water or, yeah. or, or club soda with a lime in it. And I'm, uh, and it, it hasn't been true. It yeah. hasn't been the case. Yeah. I go out and I, some, sometimes now I feel like I'm more energetic than, than I had been before. Yeah. Cause you're not like pressing depressants into your brain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I haven't had like, you know, depressing thoughts creep into my head. Yeah which was also becoming a problem. And I don't know. It's just, I haven't, 
I just feel more positive. Yeah, and, and you, I'm sure you play better. I do play much better. That's the thing. Like I'm much better. I sing better. Yeah, it's just not. You can't even compare the two. Yeah. anymore. I mean, if I were still drinking while whilst on <laughs> the Rustin Kelly gig, yeah. I mean, I'm like, I'm tap dancing so much on stage. Like, yeah. So what do you? So it's guitar. <clears throat> are you playing? You're playing keys it's too. Primarily electric guitar. Okay. And I have two in, in, you know, different tunings that I'll switch back and forth between. Uh, there's some mandolin, there's some keys, acoustic guitar on one song. And then I play, uh, he uses a vocoder for several songs in the set. Do you guys, all right. Yeah. Here's what I would do. Come on. <laughs> What's the... Listen uh, up, people. <laughs> we got J-Humps here. So the set, hold on, I got to bring up the, the song, the track listing. Oh, Hold on. Hold on one second, peeps. Um, so it's like the f- second or third song. It's the first song on the album that has vocorder. Yeah, Son, Son of, of a Highway, Highway Daughter. Daughter. Yeah. Do you guys open with that song? We actually close with you it. You close with that song? Yes. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Okay, I can I see d- that. But yeah, I, there's an argument for either. Right, because you know? I, when I heard it for the first time... I always w- want to hear any song. I'm like, all right, where would this be in the set list? Yeah. That's like one of the first things I think of. Totally. And when I heard that song, I'm like, dark stage, they walk out. Yep. Or it's just Rustin. Starts doing the vocoder, vocoder singing, the, singing the whole song, and then everyone kind of slowly comes out, and then it becomes this big thing. And then right at the end of that song, you go into something upbeat or, yep. or whatever. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, you close with it. Well, so, but your idea was great. Thank you. I mean, I got I got tingles from that, <laughs> which is ultimately what we're after. All right, here. Well, if you use the idea, then it's yeah. All right. So now you're playing you're playing mostly electric guitar. So yeah, I mean, a, a little bit of mandolin. All right. Some keys, and then so for the vocoder thing, I play the the keyboard portion of that. Gotcha. So for does he people, have a separate mic going on? Yeah. Okay. So he's he's got like a double line coming out of his main vocal mic mm-hmm. and one is sent to the vocoder which is back in in my world. And for those of you that don't know what a vocoder is, basically it is a machine that assigns um your vocal signal to all the notes on your keyboard. So what whatever notes I'm pressing down on the keyboard will be will sound as his voice a la Imogen Heap or Bon Iver. Yeah. Wh- yeah. You know, whoever's doing it nowadays. Um, that's cool, man. And, and it's interesting to have a vocoder with this style of music, which yeah. is, I, which I would call country rock or like rock with a tinge of country. Yeah. Because the banjo is pretty far back in the mix with, with, uh, some of these songs, I mean, some of them have banjo and stuff, but yeah. I love, I just love the tone of his voice. I love what he's talking about. And it just has a, a really lush quality to it. Like I really, really like the music. Yeah. I can imagine it's probably really fun to play every night. It's amazing. And the band is great. Um, and, you know, from like, I've spent most of my adult music career in in country music which has been great but in terms of being on this gig and and the timing for myself personally i needed to do something that i really believed in and rustin is one of the most earnest 
singer songwriters that I've had the pleasure of knowing. Yeah. And it is like nothing short of a joy to play this music with him and the band. It just, it, every night it just feels like a story you don't mind telling over and over. Do you guys you know? switch it up every night or do you keep it? I remember you mentioned it, uh, you mentioned yesterday or, or today that you guys run through the set, like from like five to six or five to seven, whatever it is. Yeah, we just kind of, there are several different scenes um, to the show and we just kind of run a, run a song with, you know, each, each of those instrumentation scenes. Gotcha. Um, but we've been kind of playing the same, uh, we've been playing the same set list every night, which there's a weird amount of freedom in, Mm -hmm. um, because like, you know, the longer you tour with an outfit, you kind of know where you're going to get them. Yeah. And that becomes exciting because you like build up to that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's really been, it's been a great tour. There's been great response and we're just, you know, you know how it is. Have you seen kind of like an uptick in, uh, I mean, not sales or anything, but in just like excitement around the shows just as the year has gone on? Definitely. Yeah, we uh, we just played last night in, in New York City at the Bowery Ballroom, and it was sold out, Yeah, which was incredible. Um, and an awesome room. We were talking last night about this tour, and it's it's sort of like spanned the entire U.S., which as an artist is, is a hard thing to like sort of geographically have enough pull to like go yeah. to the West Coast or wherever it may be. Yeah. Um, we, were, we were following each other around for a little bit. We were, bit yeah, yeah. We were like... Same city in on Port- the Portland, same days, Seattle. Yeah. yeah. Uh, crazy. But yeah, we've we've doubled almost in every market from his last headlining tour yeah. on this one. So it's the, the growth has been awesome. And, you know, people are singing his single Mockingbird at the top of their lungs yeah, every awesome. night. It's, it's, it's amazing. Awesome. It's, it's a great feeling when people are singing all the words. It's what you're after, man. It's great. And not to, <laughs> not to take, um, not to take anything away from him. Do you think that Casey's success over the last year has helped, has helped kind of flood in people to Rustin's music once they hear that Casey's husband is also a musician, also a fantastic musician. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think certainly it's helped. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know that it's been an effort on right. either of their parts, but you know, I, I think the thing that's cool about them is that they genuinely just believe in each other. They just, yeah. you know, when you watch a great drummer and you're just like, Oh shit, he's so good. Yeah. They, they believe that about each other. Yeah. And so you know, rather than it, it, it's not so much like a, a marketing ploy as it is them just genuinely being inspired by each other and collaborating with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, they've done s- several songs together, and um, yeah, I mean, I, I it, it just seems like such a cool, pure. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just it's not every day, and and with I guess country music in general, them like them as artists it just seems like it raises the bar for a country music song mm-hmm. and how and how it's written and how it's how it comes across and the subject matter like everything just like the bar is kind of raised like i'll, I'll listen to casey like 
I had her her album on repeat for a while. Oh yeah, and now it's like Russ, and it's and it's great. It's, yeah, it's a total. I feel like it's a total different thing than country music has been over the last five years or a couple of years or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it seems to me, in terms of country music, it seems to me that there are there are artists out there, and and every way is a way. So I don't mean any disrespect. Yeah. Like, no, but you know, <clears throat> like you've been in in the ring for a yeah. while you know what's going on so. yeah uh, it seems to me that like there are there are young artists that sign to labels and they sort of trust the system to help them have success at okay. whether that's at radio or you know getting on cool tours or whatever so that's a way and you know for for people like Casey and Rustin their music doesn't necessarily play by the rules that have to be played by right. to have success in that first way. Right. But because of that, they're not, you know, they're, they're able to just tell the stories as they are. Yeah. And I well, think it seems like they just see, like seem very true to themselves. Yeah. Which is, which is going to like, it's a slower burn not to nice. Yeah. Not, so sick. Not too bad. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it is. It's like you build your fans that way with who you actually are, and then they grow with you. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know of many other country artists that are so open about their, like, like pot use or or, yeah. or whatever is like Casey, but she owns the fuck out of it. Yeah. And, and it's part of her and she's cool as fuck. And same thing with Rustin and, and like it just works yeah. and they're doing it on their terms, which I think more artists should be doing. Yeah. You know, kind of growing, growing themselves and not have someone in a suit tell you everything to do. Totally. But, and uh, you know, I do, I understand the lure yeah. Of that thing. Fuck the man, bro. Come on. I need you to be on board. <laughs> I am now. Let's be clear. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a hard thing as, as a young person entering the music business and like someone who you've been told is someone yeah. says you're good. You're like, like shit, oh, what oh, next? Fuck yeah. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. You know? It's very it's a very attractive thing. <clears throat> it is. Yeah. It is. Um but yeah, like you said, I mean they they both are uncompromising in their need to be authentic and it's something that Rustin talks about every day. Yeah. It's like why tell these stories unless I'm going to be brutally honest yeah. and, and let people in, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um so yeah. Um are you involved in any of the writing processes um i i've not been involved in uh the writing of of rustin's new record uh he has been kind of chasing down these songs himself mm -hmm. and i i think a lot of that is just in the spirit of authenticity yeah you know who he is and what he does yeah mm -hmm. um you know he's just at a unique time where like he's like experiencing sobriety and has a lot to say in a very singular way about that so i think he's he's definitely in a good spot i've heard some of the new songs and they're like out of this world yeah um but personally uh w when i've not been on the road i have been writing and producing a bunch in nashville and you know i guess ideally in the next year or so i'd, I'd like to have a publishing deal in nashville again 
um, and and write for a company mm-hmm. based there when I'm home in Nashville, and then you know when when the road takes me out, do that thing. Kind of as like your day job. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, how does that? So explain to people how that kind of works. Yeah, so um, th- they're not specific to Nashville, but in large musical communities like LA and New York and Nashville, there are publishing companies and they are people that represent you as a songwriter. And typically what happens is um, in exchange for a number of completed songs per year, they will give you a chunk of money and they'll also pitch your songs to other artists. They'll set you up on rights with sort of like-minded other other people that either have publishing deals or yep. not or yep um or just an artist that's just, yeah. you know like about to make a new record and here's here's a chance for you to get on it yeah you're writing with her tuesday you now know? specifically would you stay in kind of the same lane of songwriting or could you possibly branch out to a different genre or you know depending on whatever the situation is or would you pretty much stay kind of in the lane that they know you for it's it's an interesting question because in the publishing world, I suppose, I would be known as sort of a mainstream country songwriter. Yeah. Um, the cool thing that's happening and that I'm opened up to by being on the road with an artist like Rustin is like more of the Americana, more of the singer-songwriter indie yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're we're crossing paths with all those other artists and making relationships there. So yeah. I'm just trying to widen the palette a little bit, you know, um, because honestly, country music is not necessarily my first listen. Yeah. You know, well, you're into tons of stuff. Yeah. I'm all over the map. So, yeah, I'd, I'd be interested in any and all. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I always will have like a sweet spot for just like a super well-crafted country song. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It still gets me going. What's your ideal well-crafted country song? Oh, man. Like what comes to mind is like, just like, oh, that's, that's the formula right there. Yeah. Not that there is a technically a formula, but. I mean, <clears throat> gosh. Songs like Strawberry Wine. Just yeah. like dripping in nostalgia and, you know, it's everybody yeah. in that song, you know, like that. I just love like the sort of every man experience of, yeah. of a song like that. Yep. Um, and it's so hard to accomplish that as a songwriter. It is. Yeah. Just, just, you know, not being too personal and not being too vague or, mm-hmm just kind of hitting the sweet spot of like, Oh, that's me. Yeah. Everyone. Or that's you. you Yeah. Yeah. And there are more songs than, than not in that vein, you know, like there's just so many great examples. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I love that feeling and I love chasing that feeling and, and, uh, so yeah, that's, that's kind of what's on, on the next, on the horizon for me. Publishing. Big, big money deal. Yeah, chilling at home with the fam, writing yeah. songs, raising my daughter. Get a get a big fat gold chain. Oh, son. <laughs> two of them, if if at all possible. All right, I'm I'm working on getting myself some jewelry. Is that right? Yeah. What are you What are you in the market for? I've been wanting, man. I've been wanting a like a like a 
chain, like a cool necklace to wear on stage. Yeah. I, I wear one, but I keep kind of keep it under. It's like kind of like a good luck charm for me. I've, yeah. I've worn it since I was since I was a kid. Do you have like a pendant on it? Yeah. So it's like, it's just, you know, it's the cross I got for my confirmation. Yeah. Um, and then there's like, uh, I don't know if you're like Catholic or anything, but it's, it's St. James the greater. It's my, my saint name. What is he the patron saint of? Uh, you know, I don't really know. Okay. The, the You're the like me, background. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Me, bro. St. <laughs> James. Um, you know, somebody can, can email in and and fill me in or i can wikipedia but i i uh i don't know i just picked it because i thought it sounded cool when i was a kid and then i got the pendant along with the with the cross and it's kind of just become like a good luck charm yeah so i like kind of like before i take a flight i kind of like rub my necklace i love that and then i'll go and then i'm cool would you call that superstition or would you call that yeah okay absolutely i'm okay i'm very superstitious are you yep that's interesting. Yeah. When I was playing baseball, I, anytime I walked out onto the field, like, you know, if, if we were in the field for the first half of the inning, um, you know how they say, don't, don't step on the line. Yeah. And I would go to first base. I would always go up to the line and put a big, like, you know, I would grab my cleat and kind of brush across the line. You would walk under the proverbial ladder. Yeah, but yeah. the way I thought of it was like, this is my like, this is my domain kind owning of thing. It. Like, like I'm owning it. Yeah, and I would do that every game, and then when every at bat, I would I would touch the other corner of the plate, and then swing the bat around one time, and then I would Love do that, that. After, before every pitch. There is, uh, we, we were both baseball players growing up. Yep. Uh, and we've talked about this before. A little I bit. Think. Yeah. 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 Um, for a while I was doing the full Nomar Garcia para. Oh dude. With like, the, with the gloves, the, gloves. the feet bang. Yeah. The home plate cross thing. Yeah. It's very involved. Have you ever seen the back background of all of his little idiosyncrasies? No. So it wasn't just the plate stuff. He would do stuff in the dugout. Like he would like tap his glove like three times on the, there was a whole Nesson special about it like years ago. Interesting. He would go up one stair, come back down, go up the second stair, come back down and then go up and then finally go out of the, to his position. It was insane. That is like not so low key OCD. No, it is <laughs> like you need medication. Yeah. It was crazy the That's amount nuts. of ocd ticks that nomar garcia para had man but he was a pleasure to watch man he was he was what was your favorite team well uh i i wish i could say it was the nationals because they're absolutely crushing right now yeah, but i grew up in dc and we didn't have them right. growing up so it was um this is I a was, crisis i run into with a lot of people around DC, and most of them are Orioles fans. That's what I was. So that's you. Okay. Yeah, and and very pleasantly so because that was like right in the heart of the Cal Ripken days. Oh, dude. So yeah. like I remember him beating Lou Gehrig's th- thing when he did when he did the uh, you know the victory lap around and said hi to everyone. Incredible. I I watched that game too, and that was so cool to watch. You're oh, like, dude. wow, we just witnessed something i don't even think i was at the age where like your emotions can overcome you yet no but i because still was, what, just like remember seven or something 96 that he did it i think so something like that yeah yeah 
But I still, I like, as a kid, remember, like, welling up and being like, only yeah. adults do this. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. I was, felt that way when, like, Mark McGuire set the home run record. He was a mess, too. He was he was a complete mess. He was crying his eyes out. Yeah. Well, I remember his kid being up there. and Oh, yeah. Because his kid was the bat boy that year. That's right. And then after every... Every time around around the bases, his kid would come out. They would do like the they cool the high, high five, five and the the chest bump. And yeah, man, seeing him because Mark McGuire, you know, whatever the the whole steroid thing aside, which is hard to put it all aside, but like he just seemed like genuinely like so happy and like yeah. you know he kind of stayed out of the spotlight a bit, but I mean he was huge, yeah, literally and figuratively, but yeah. It was really cool to see. I remember being on the top bunk. My brother and I shared a room. And of course, you did. It was '98, and we had bunk beds. And I was on the top bunk. And I remember laying on the top bunk, watching the TV, the tiny TV, tube TV that was in our house and and in our room, and just watching and being like, so for some reason, <laughs> some crazy reason, so proud of him. Yeah, like. It was ridiculous. Yeah. It was crazy to even think that. But. Which, uh, here's another parallel. Uh, you were in bunk beds as an eight-year-old and now mm-hmm. as an adult. <laughs> riding around <laughs> riding around the country in, you know. <laughs> I don't even play music because I like it. I just play music because it's the only excuse I have to sleep in bunk beds. <laughs> and guess which bunk I have? Bottom. No. Oh, you're top. I'm top bunk, baby. Oh man, top bunk is like, cause I'm. I'm new How are you to living band. up there? It's cool. You dig? It's fine. Okay. It's totally fine. I'm a power bottom. Yeah. See, bottom is like where you're established. You like the bottom. I think. I think the most established bunk is middle, middle back. Yeah. That's the. That's the. The best bunk to have. We could do a whole podcast on bunk culture. All right, let's go. I mean, we can do the whole other, what, however long just we Just queue up a new track here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, my first, my first time in a tour bus was actually a tour that you kind of saved the day on with Steven. That's, oh, okay. Because you came in to, uh, we, we were kind of going through guitar players like underwear <laughs> and, uh, yeah, some unfortunate things happened and it was, it was necessary, but I, uh, but you came in kind of saved the day in Chicago. Yep. Um, on the tour to 40 Stephen Kellogg tour. And that was, that was my first tour bus experience. And I had a middle back bunk cause I was, I was like, kind of not like a big dog on that tour but i had been around for a little bit in that camp and and uh i was like this is my bunk motherfucker and then steven had the one right across from me also there were like Mm. maybe five people in that bus yeah there's 12 (laughs) bunks yeah (laughs) that's a good point everybody in a middle bunk let's go to bed yeah that's that's pretty good that's good yeah i remember that being one of the most like raw musical experiences i've ever been a part of well i mean you couldn't have been terribly prepared <clears throat> no certainly it not it sounded like you were because you're a great player but like i mean you were like okay yeah i'll do this on a day's notice what was it, it was like the next day yeah we played nashville and then we had to play i think it was chicago the next night yeah. or something and then you were on stage yeah fucking playing lead guitar yeah pretty which was remarkable awesome. 
I mean, it was it was sort of like a fun. I, I mean, I think you get this. It was sort of a fun exercise of like how how really good is your ear? Yeah, yeah. However good you think you are, yeah. It's let's almost not see. a gig. It's almost not a gig at that point. It's yeah. like it's like oh, this is this is a test. Yeah. This is a a personal test for me. Yeah. And I passed with flying colors. It felt it felt great. Yeah. I felt really awesome good. after that. <laughs> I really did. No, I mean we had we had fun. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that you popped on there. And, yeah, and it was really fun. When did when exactly did we meet? Do you remember that? Um, when did we meet for the first time? Well, obviously it was it was with Stephen. Yeah, when I was playing with Stephen. Um, and I realized as you were on your way here that your contact in my phone is listed as Jesse Humphreys drums slash sunflower seeds yep because yeah whenever i was in the bus because we were had driving a, or something i would always eat sunflower yep. seeds. we had a or sweet we would, yeah sweet sweet moment mm-hmm. up, up front in the van there mm-hmm. some sweet moments do happen up front up in the van too true my guy <laughs> too true it's a special place that only those people can can really know how yep. special it is i uh yeah i still do that i still That's sunflower awesome. seeds is my game man don't ever change. I won't ever change. Do you? You don't eat. Do you eat sunflower seeds? <clears throat> no, I don't. Or was you it know, just in that one moment? I um, I have like smoked and dipped and like done all that. I never did. I never gross dipped. shit. Um, which is now behind me. But that was like kind of my road vice. Like yeah. whenever I would drive, I would like put a dip in and. Oh yeah. Like. <laughs> Oh, yeah. gross. Would you spit it into a water bottle or something? Yeah, it was always like a that Gatorade bottle yeah. or something. Yeah. Something clear, you know? Like, I really want people to see what's coming out. <laughs> I really want people to know, first of all, what's coming out, and second of all, please don't drink this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it would be the worst. I seem to recall a number of times where I, like, made Rachel hold the bottle for a oh, second. God. Which, again... She must have loved that. In the spirit of apologies, Rachel. Good grief. <laughs> sorry. Rachel, if you're listening, he, he's he's very sorry. He's, he's barren all. I can see it in his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What else is happening? Oh, man. Uh, so, I've got like a... musically, like, you got... You know what you're doing. You got it all figured out. I don't like you know talk about gear. You got it all figured out. You're perfect. You know, I just like I could talk about gear, but I just and everyone on this tour would completely agree. I just am not like really a gear guy. Neither am I. I just don't care. Like, I don't care either. I want something good? that does cool. what it says it's gonna do. Yes. And like I'm not gonna really worry about all the schematics of it all. I couldn't agree more. I just like I did just get a new guitar though. You did. Yeah. What you got the was it a Martin? Martin CEO seven. Do you love her? I really do. She bad. It's actually in my truck right now. Is it really? We might have to play it. Okay. I'll get it after. Um <clears throat> I I just had a pickup installed in it and so and I'm gonna play it for my my gig tonight is actually a solo gig. It's just me. Oh. Me playing acoustics, <laughs> singing some songs. So Where can the people see you? Jay Humps. Uh well it'll be over by the time uh anyone hears this, but uh I I'll, I'll be at like a bar. This is a bar gig. Oh, sweet! Yeah, it's a bar. That's fun. I'm doing this to get to like thicken my skin and eventually be able to like play a real gig. Yeah. Um, all originals. Hopefully, opening for a friend or something. Yeah. Keep trying to build it up and 
I like it. It, it, exor- awesome. it exercises another muscle. I really love playing guitar. Yeah. And, uh, and it's just fun to like, to like learn something mm-hmm. and like get good at something. Totally, man. I love, I love that process. And even with drums still just, just trying to get better at that and, and learning more stuff. And cause there, there's so many resources, resources out there now that were never out there before. Yeah. Well, and I feel like there, there is a similarity between us, which is like, okay, if we're not like super gearhead guys, yeah, I feel like you and I, in a, in a way, put all of that energy into like learning a new instrument. Yeah. That has sort of been my story, like not getting bored, but just like wanting, seeing someone play an instrument that I've never played before and being like... Ooh, I want. That? I could at least do it to that level, yeah. right? And then yeah. I like go down this rabbit hole and like. You know, you met Adam Pod, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you know Adam. He he learned the upright bass. Yeah, and he's like really, and he's great at it. Fucking good at it now. Yeah, and it it's like, man, that's and his, that's hard. But yeah, he's and just he and so his musical. brother are like in a jazz. Yeah, they're called Mimi and the Pod Brothers. Yeah, and they're identical twins. Him and his brother, Matt, and. Matt is, I mean, I'm just going to say that they're both just as good at the piano as the other. Like they're so fucking good. Yeah. And it's not just that it's, it's the composition It's being able and how they like put things together, how they think about music. It's just automatic. Like they don't have to think about anything. It's just like they read, they read music and write music as, as we write or, or read words. Yeah. It's the same. It's yeah. just, they have a, they have a complete understanding of it. Yeah. Which is something that I'm so envious of because I don't have that. <clears throat> yeah. I have been out of that compositional world for quite some time Yeah, as, as have you, I'm sure like yeah. post-college. Yeah. You know, in oh, some yeah. ways it's just like, it's gone unnecessary. It's unnecessary. And like, the way I, I don't know if you're the same way, but I approach playing music as just like feeling bass. Yeah. So I just like to know that it feels good and try to find something like that. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I like to, as a large swath of musical comment, I like to be excited by things. Yep. And... I don't always personally get that playing a guitar 15 hours a day, you know? Right. For me, it's like what little part on the mandolin can like turn this thing into something completely brand new. Really propel this into another place. Yeah, that's the interesting stuff to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I will never be the best guitar player. I will never be the most proficient guy. But... I definitely value moments, you yeah. know, and I'm constantly thinking of in things in that vein, you yeah. know, what's a texture that should be here that isn't, what is, you know, how do I build this part so that it ends up here, you know, that, that sort of conversation. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, uh, I, um, people don't see that all the time. I think that's the difference between like, uh, like, uh, it's so, these things are so funny. It's the best. (laughs) Um, 
people don't see that all the time. And that's kind of the difference between like bar band and like professional is the tiny little details that kind of, um, in every aspect of a show or playing or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you gotta get, get the orders right and all the green room stuff. Yeah. Especially. I mean, a bottle of, a case of Jack Daniel. And a case of Patron. They go a long way here at Brighton Music Hall. That's right. Thanks. 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 Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks. thanks. That's good. That was, that was a booze delivery. Does that, does it bother you having it all around or you don't care? No. No. Me neither. No. I've like turned such a corner and I, I know how I feel now that like, that I was just, a big worry for me. Like just being around it, being like, I'm, am I going to be tempted? But I, yeah. I don't think I was, I was ever at that point, but I just like preemptively was worried. Yeah. And, uh, I think the most nervous I've been, is actually for tonight, for my gig tonight, being alone in a bar, yeah, playing three hours covers and some originals, just knowing that people aren't there to listen to you and yeah. people are, are like, I don't know. You, ha- I'm always kind of like on, on edge, like ready to pounce on someone if they're acting shitty. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> So just ready to like put them down. Yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah, yeah. And, and I've pre- prepared a, you know, a whole level of insults for you. <laughs> should you, <laughs> I, no, I don't do that, but I have, I have in the past. I've thrown drumsticks at people and that's awesome. I guess that's a word to use. No, it's, it's but, awesome. Yeah. It's people kinda, can be shitty yeah, around people, music. Yeah. Well, just because it's attention. It's like you're getting attention that I want. Yeah. And and I feel the need to be an asshole about it and, and I'm going to lash out or do something shitty towards you because you're getting this attention. Yeah, but you're going to get a Vic Firth right in the throat. <laughs> you're going to get a 5A <laughs> right to the nutsack. <laughs> <laughs> um, Man. We've, we've hit a lot of stuff. We covered a lot of material. Yeah, we we talked about... It's totally fine. You're, you're cool. Yeah. This is our... <laughs> This yeah, is our are. tour manager, Tisha. Hi. Say hey, I'm Tisha. Tisha. It's great to meet you. Nice to meet you. Yeah. We're doing a, we're doing a podcast. Nice. Yeah. Excellent. We're just chatting it out. Cool. <clears throat> it, it, sound, it sounds like things are being set up and loaded in downstairs. Yeah, I think so. We're getting, getting going here. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess like the, the last thing, this is the first time in my life that I've really like toured with kid at home yeah which is tough tell me about that it's really hard yeah it's hard in so many ways to to leave the person you love most to take care of this sometimes demon (laughs) um and my daughter's almost two now and she's like such a little ball of energy and fun Mm -hmm. and I've just never missed someone so much, yeah. you know? And like, I know she's changing every day and I know she's liking or disliking things that I'll have to learn when I get home, yep. you know? Yep. So it's, it's strange, but I think, you know, you and I have both married people that, that understand how important 
this half of our life right. is to us. Yeah. And because they know that if we don't have this, then they're going to have to deal with a very unhappy person. Yeah. And, you know, I think for me, I have, I, I can see a, a marked upswing in energy and just mood and all of those things when I feel like I'm contributing yep. to the world, yeah. you know? And I feel that way making this music. And so when I come home, I'm, I'm just full of yeah. joy and energy and all those things that you would like to breathe into your family. Yeah. And so it's, it's been really challenging to be away for like two and a half weeks at a time away from my kid, you know, it's a lot. it is. Have you gone home, um, at any point throughout this tour? There was a nice little chunk about halfway through. Okay. Um, Do a little halfway break. Yeah. It was like three, th- four days. That's nice. We were home and it was, it was great. I mean, hard to touch down and just like leave again, but mm-hmm. you know, something over nothing every, yeah. every time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's been a, a, the biggest change for me is like, you know, when you're 26 and you don't have anything to come home to except like your instruments. <laughs> like, yeah. Big deal. Pretty, let's go out for yeah, a year. Yeah. Let's go out. Like I don't need to be here. Yeah. It's like, oh, let's go and experience as much as possible. Go see as much as possible. Yeah. But then when you have like a wife and a family at home, you're like, oh, I got to, I have something that I would like to get back to. Yeah. For, for an extended period of time. Yep. Yeah. So we're Which just, be difficult. We're, f- we're figuring that out day by day and, yeah you know yeah it's, it's gotta be it's gotta be a challenge yeah it's gotta be, it's gotta be a real challenge it is it Do you is. have cool like other like rusting aside like the crew and everything is everyone cool understanding know know what you got going on totally and, yeah yeah and like you know i try and facetime oh yeah at least once a day with you know with my wife and with my kid and everybody on the tour knows them and like loves my daughter clara yeah and she like she like speaks really well for her age. And so she can like ask for see rusty, see John, the drummer. Yeah. And they're really sweet with her. They, they interact and like, you know, really give her the time of day and, you know, make her feel special. So it's so nice. Yeah. What time do you, do you try to FaceTime during the day? Well, it, it depends. I was up early this morning for no good reason. Um, after, a 3 a.m. night in, in New York. Uh, but typically, like... Pizza? Did you do pizza? Didn't do pizza. All right. Didn't do it. Okay. Um, I'm about to have that 3 a.m. night tomorrow night. In yeah, New York. you are. Yeah. Yeah, you are. Playing Rockwood. Oh, hell yeah. That's fun. I like that gig. What room are you playing? Two. Love it. Yeah. Get oh, some, the, oh, the big one. The get big some room. red padding in your life, dude. <laughs> It's so red everywhere in there. It is. It's so red. It's crazy. Just, hell, here's the uh, the drummer for Russ and Kelly. Oh. You're getting everybody here today, up, but yeah. this is John Chong. He plays drums for Rustin. Hey, I'm Jesse. Hey, Jesse. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. We're yeah. just doing a little podcast a little here, podcasting. pal. For what? For what uh, it's called After the Gig. Oh, cool. After the Gig. Yeah. So it's before a gig, but, you know, whatever. It's after last night's gig. I'm going to shower right now. So. Do it, bro. We all know how, how important those road showers are. Indeed. And how disgusting. And how just 
how much of a gamble it really is. Defiling. <laughs> they are. Oh, would you like to get clean in the dirtiest place possible? <laughs> <laughs> like, and everyone is going to ta- do it. Don't you dare step barefoot in this place you're supposed to be clean. Oh, my God. I, so, some of the places that, that we, we went on this tour, pretty clean, more or less clean showers. Yeah. But if I if I'm like dirty, like if I've gone a couple of days without one, and I'm like, all right, I need to take one, and if there's like a bad shower situation, well, luckily we have a we have a shower in our bus, but like, oh, you do that we can use that good hot water and stuff. But like, I won't. I'll go another day with with that with <laughs> just some, to wait. Some of these venue showers, bro. Oh yeah, bad, these real bad. Venue showers, bruh. <laughs> Vent these vent. That's what this podcast should be called. These venue showers, bruh. It's <laughs> amazing. It's right. amazing. Well, that's the next. That's the next podcast. When this one eventually fails, and Dude, I, this uh, one is going swimmingly. From it's what good, I can man. Tell. No, I it and honestly, it's been really fun to do it. Yeah. Over the last, I mean, I've been doing it since March, so it's been like so fun. It's an opportunity to catch up. With people, yeah, pretend like I'm like an interviewer because yeah. I'm totally not. You're doing a great job, Thanks. man. Thanks, man. I feel like Chris Farley all the time. It's like <laughs> you remember, you remember that time when, when you were in the Beatles? Yeah, I remember that. That was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. That was awesome. Oh God. Yeah. Jeez. But, well, thanks, man. Dude, this has been so fun. This is great. Thanks for thanks for cruising over here and. I'm so and happy hanging. that you played. You're playing this venue. I'm actually surprised. I thought that you guys would be like either at the Paradise or or maybe Royale, something 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 uh, bigger. But I guess that's kind of like what what fans in certain places don't realize is that like Nashville, you're playing like a huge, like probably a big place. I don't know what. What, what, like where would you guys play in Nashville or or wherever your big market is? Yeah, uh, big markets, I would say. Well, it kind of depends. I mean, like Nashville is a big one because the business is there. Yeah, and you know everybody sort of wants to see what's going on. Yeah, um, Nashville's a weird place to play. For, it is for, for every band. Yeah, we so we didn't actually and won't play Nashville on this run. We're actually saving our Nashville play for March. We'll be doing the Ryman. Oh, yeah. See, like, playing the friggin' Ryman. Yeah, man. Which is incredible. You've, you've played the Ryman before. I have, but yeah. it was... It, it it felt as though it didn't count because it was like a... Uh, like a... Like... I don't even know what to call it, man. It was like a... A bunch of artists were playing, and it was for like a an event that really it wasn't a show. It was just like, here are the friends of this business. They right. happen to be bands, and right. they're playing at the right. So this will Didn't feel, feel like, like yeah, okay. you know, I like understand that the earnestness will be there with right. with this one. So yeah. people will be screaming, screaming lyrics, and yeah, and it'll be really fun. Yeah, oh man, yeah. I've I haven't had the opportunity to play the Ryman yet, but I I hope it happens. You guys because, will do it because where does Carbon Leaf play? And we do like the City Winery. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll That's, do that, which is super fun. It's a great room. It's great, and there's like there's pockets around the country where, you know, Seattle we do great. We'll, we'll play. We'll do like three sold out shows in in Seattle, and then Richmond we do great. We do like, you know, 
uh, 1200 seat theater in Richmond. And there's, there's pockets like that around the country, but there's also like, you know, Knoxville, Tennessee, where you're playing like little bars and, and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's, it's hard for people to realize that, you know, we're not, we're not to those people the same as what we are to you. Yeah. So it's hard. It's, it's, it's interesting because they don't see all aspects of it. Uh, you know, because big fans are obviously in big venues and they see cool stuff. Yeah. And then they don't see the not cool stuff. <laughs> yeah. 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 Which is basically what this whole podcast is about. The it's not cool a, it's stuff. It's about the not cool yeah. stuff, which is in turn the good stuff. These venue showers, bruh. Bruh. <laughs> All right, we should end it. Right Let's there. do it. Let's All do right. it. Thanks, dude. Yeah, dude. And that was my conversation with the great Brian Dolly. Um, if you have any questions, make sure you email into afterthegigpod at gmail.com. Um, I ran into someone that had some concerns that the podcast wasn't free to listen to. The podcast is always free to listen to. Um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. I think they might've been confused by is that the Patreon is a way to support the podcast and you can pay uh, kind of as a subscription thing and you get extra content. And that's what, that's what that is. But yeah, don't pay to listen to this podcast because you shouldn't. So there's that, but uh, please join me next week with uh, Rachel, Rachel Beauregard. We have a really, really great conversation, and um, I hope to hear from you then. Carbon Leaf shows this week. We're going to be at um, we're going to be in New York at Sony Hall. We're going to be at Mohegan Sun, and then we are also going to be back in my former hometown of Boston, technically Cambridge. Um, at the Sinclair, which I'm very excited about. So hopefully to see hopefully I'll see you at some of those shows. All right. See you next week. Peace. He learned how to give from what